Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. share a little bit today. Uh, Hugh asked me to share, and um, back a few weeks ago when he asked me, it was, it was kind of a funny story. He, um, he asked, uh, he, you know, he just came up to me and said, hey, Anthony, would you mind sharing again what you had shared in the past, uh, that, the last time you were up there? I was like, yeah, sure, Hugh, no problem, definitely. So I walk away, and I'm scratching my head. I'm like, man, what did I say? Like, uh, okay, I got to figure this out. So a few weeks later, you know, I run into him again. He's like, hey, you're still good with sharing? In a few weeks, it's coming up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure, for sure. You and he goes, I'm gonna be honest with you. I really don't know. I don't remember what you shared, but uh, I know. I remember it was a good message. So like, if you give, I'm like, I'm like, Hugh, I know exactly how you feel because I totally forgot what. It, so <laughs> I had to find like old slides and notes. I lost my notes and I'm texting and calling him. I'm like, Hugh, I need some help to like jog my memory. But we got it set- settled. We got it f- figured out. No worries. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't take this lightly. I don't take it lightly being up here. It, it's a privilege to be up here to share with you all. And I say that because uh, Hugh and Vanessa and the eldership team, they make it a point to hear God's voice and what is meant to be shared up here with you all and us, like together, uh, I'm, I'm with you. And uh, if, if I get one thing across today and have just one, one goal, it, it would be for us to seek out God in every situation, to seek out God no matter the season of our life, no matter what we're going through. And I'm just going to share a little bit uh, about a, a time I had some questions, and I kind of su- sought out God and, and found some answers. Um, the, main, the main verses we're going to be going through, um, chapters would be Matthew 8 and Matthew 12. And we're not going to go through the entire uh, sections, just a few verses that I felt personally led to at the time. Uh, so the last time I did this, uh, I shared this, uh, what, what we're about to talk about today. Um, it was 2017, and um, like, like Hugh mentioned, Ann and I uh, felt led to come over with Hugh and Vanessa and a few others to plant restoration. And um, this was our family, the first slide at the time. That was the only family Ann and I had. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a little bunny, and we had no kids. We were, we were living in a four-story uh, four walk-up condo in the near west side. And, uh, it, you know, it, it was just us. It was just, it was just us and her. And fast forward six years, this is our family now. The next one. There it is. That's, our, that's a recent picture, minus Owen, who just came out. He's, he's brand new, still in the arms. But um, yeah, you've seen them running around, our boys, they're, they're highly energetic and, and very uh, fun to be around. They're just a joy in our life, and we wouldn't have it any other way. And I show you these two seasons of our lives for, for two reasons. One, it shows how, how much a life can change in six years. Just like I said, back then, it was just us and a condo and a bunny, right? And six years later... We've got this wonderful family living in a completely different part of the city. And the other reason I show you this is because it is a testament of a father's love to his daughter. See, back in that 
that first picture, we, we knew we'd have a family someday. We knew we'd have children eventually. We didn't quite know how that was going to come about. And there were some, some roadblocks along the way, which is for another day. But he stood true to his word. He stood true, true to his promises of what he promised her and I. And what I've learned over the past few months is that God doesn't change his mind. If he has spoken something over you, or you've had a vision that you knew was from him, he doesn't change his mind. Um, he doesn't change his mind if I get too tired in the morning to get up. He doesn't, get, he doesn't change his mind if the circumstances just don't quite line up in my life of what he called me to do. And he doesn't change his mind if the weather's bad. Um, Vanessa had a great word a few weeks ago and this came through. It was from Hebrews 4.12. It was, uh, she, she had spoke about it, that uh, he spoke to her to, to share it with us during worship, and it was that God's word is alive, and it is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's not the exact verse, but I'm sure it's up on the, on the slide. So yeah, that, I'll, now I'll move on to just sharing a little bit about my work background and um, how we can go, go deeper into uh, what we're going to learn about together today. Uh, so I'm a firefighter, like Hugh said. Um, my, my station is on the west side in the Austin neighborhood. Uh, I'm also a paramedic. So since we have a paramedic aboard our fire truck, we respond to not only fires, gas leaks, and car accidents, but we respond to medical calls, like a lot of overdoses. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, drugs that move through that neighborhood, a lot of gunshot victims, and um, obviously other sick situations where people call 911. And what we'll do is we'll stabilize them until an ambulance arrives on scene and, and pass them over to the ambulance and we go back and service on our fire truck, and the patient gets taken away. Uh, the numbers came out last year, and we did about 3,000 runs for the year. It averages to about um, 10 to 15 a day, like 30. If you think about 30 runs in a month, 10 a day-ish. Um, it's, it's very busy. I've seen documentaries on the neighborhood um, for the amount of crime and, and activity that goes on. So just to, to keep reiterating the, the point that it's, it's, it's a very busy area, and we see a lot of interesting things. A lot of interesting things. So one particular day, busy day, uh, may have been the summer, we were just getting slammed. I mean, call after call, you know, fires and gunshots. And, um, there may have been some sort of turf situation, a battle going on at the time, I don't know. But I remember asking God, like, wow, busy. Why is this? Like, why, why do we see the same situations? Why do we see... The same faces. Some, sometimes we'll, we have an antidote for uh, an opiate. It's called Narcan. Sometimes we'll, give, we'll bring a person literally back to life after overdosing on heroin. And we'd, we'll see them the, the next week or the next month in the same situations. And a lot of times we'll, we'll pray on scene for people. We'll have family members praying over their family members while they're in these situations, while we're trying to revive them or whatnot. And I remember asking God, like, wow, why does this? keep occurring to people? Why do people keep falling back to the bondages that the devil has for them and not living a victorious life? So he, he nudged me and said, go do some research. I felt him speak clear as day. Go do some research. And I said, okay, I'll go do some research. Now, I didn't go on, on a search engine and, and Google this or look online and look at what other opinions, people, people's opinions have to say about the situation. I went to this, I went to this. This was, this was the only search engine that I found that I need. When I have 
situations about my marriage, when I have situations about questions about my finances, about how to raise my children. This right here is the only search engine I, I have found that I wish I could, could have made that sound a little louder for effect, but you get the point. <laughs> so I did some research, and I felt God lead me to a few verses that we're going we're gonna to just dive into together today. Is that okay? We're going to just digest this. Um, the first one, we're going to talk, uh, I'll read it for us, Matthew 8, 28 through 34. It says, when he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gardarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And the other herd rushed, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and they, when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. So what do we see here? What, what, do we, what can we get out of this? One thing that, I, that jumped out to me was that demons knew their place, and they already spoke of what was to come and what had already happened. See, these are, these are big words right here because they acknowledged that there was an appointed time. They, the, the bad guys know that there's an appointed time, just so we know. Like, they know. We, do all of us know? Maybe not. Some don't. But they, they state clearly here, have you come to torture us before the appointed time? It's not time yet, right? If I were to tell my kids, hey, 8 o'clock is bedtime, okay? As soon as, as, soon as 8 o'clock hits, time to go to sleep. And I come to Ethan or Isaac at 7.50 and say, all right, come on, time for bed. He's going to totally call me out on it. He has. And he's going to say, wait a second. We got 10 more minutes before bedtime, all right? And like, we got time to play. This was the perspective of these demons at the time. They said, it's not the appointed time yet. We got time to play. We got time to wreak havoc. But at the same time, thanks, Nina. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, the, so they, they acknowledged that. There's this appointed time of judgment. They, they acknowledge that it's just not that time yet. Another thing here is imagine being a soldier on a battlefield. And imagine coming across the king who ultimately wins this war on the battlefield. And you're just sitting there fighting and you say, oh, there you are. You're the guy who wins this thing. What are you doing here? It's not time yet. That's exactly what is happening here in this situation. Another thing here is that's, that's huge is what the herdsmen did. They were terrified. They did not know how to explain what they had witnessed to, to the other people. Their brains could not even comprehend what they had just saw. They, their mouths couldn't even say. They were, they were probably talking gibberish because they were terrified of what they just saw Jesus do. The next section um, I felt led to was uh, Matthew 12. And uh, we're just going to go through 25 and 30. So in this setting... This takes place when the Pharisees brought a demon-possessed man to Jesus to heal him. And he did. But right away, they tried to turn it around on Jesus and say, you're working for the devil. How did you do that? You're working for the devil. 
So we'll see how he addresses that. It says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by who do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. So right here, what stood out to me was that Jesus was explaining a spiritual law to the Pharisees. He was explaining something to them that will not be broken. It's, it's like, it's like a, a science law, like teaching someone about gravity or something. But this was a spiritual law that he said, listen, I cannot drive out demons by the devil's power because that doesn't work. It will not work. It has to be two opposing forces, right? So he said, if I'm driving them out by God, who are you driving them out by? And he, I love that because he, he totally puts them in their place by speaking to the Pharisees in the exact language that they love to judge and, and beat down on other people by the law, the law, this, this is the law, we have to stick by the law. And he explains a law to them right here, a spiritual law. Another thing he, he touches on is that kingdom against kingdom will not stand. What does that tell us? It told me that if man is divided, we will not survive. It told me that Satan strives to separate man from his children, from his spouse, from each other, in government, even in the church. Look what happened in the past pandemic. Churches were divided. Families were divided. Households over, over, over politics. And, and that's, that's the devil's work. He, he, he chooses to divide us because he, he, if he corners us alone, he has us where he wants us. But we're stronger together. It also, he also speaks of a strong man. And what, what I heard from that was that we are the strong man. We house the Holy Spirit. Just like uh, I, I love when uh, Ken Grenfell came in a few, a few weeks ago or months now, maybe even, and he talked about a spirit man and, and, a, and a fleshly man. And there's two different things. And there, there, there's a, you house the Holy Spirit. And if Satan comes in and binds you, he's going to take things, Right? He's going to take things that God has promised us. But if we believe what someone comes in and takes from our house, then we're, we're caught at a disadvantage. The binding refers to generational sin, going back to the garden, but also generational sins in, in all of our ancestry. If we allow that to happen, we lose things that God promised us. What kind of things do we lose? Tokens, confidence authority. If we don't hold on to those things, we, we lose them. He also said, those who are not with me are against me. Those are some strong declarations right there because he makes it pretty clear that there is no in-between, right? There is no gray area. You're either with or against. You may have heard agnostics, atheists, He's declaring right here that there are no neutral territories in this war. 
I mean, we all know people in that category, right? I know he expressed a few weeks ago that he has people close to him and his family who aren't saved. I, too, have people very close to me who are not saved. I, I, I ask them often where their, where their faith stands, and a lot of times it's, it's the same report. Disbelief. But what can we do? Continue to pray for them. We continue to pray for them. We continue to be that light that they need because no one is out of God's reach. Not one. And a lot of these people, uh, co-workers, for example, will come up to me and ask, Anthony, what about this situation? You know, What, what about this and what about that? And, and come up with kinds of negativity and, and questioning and doubt. And this is where a lot of the uh, apologetics, I believe it, it's called, comes into play, where you almost feel like you have to defend your faith and defend your beliefs to someone else trying to challenge you. And I usually just say to them, you know, uh, a lot of times when they're, when they're feeling down on themselves or feeling like their, their life is, uh, you know, in the worst possible place, I say, hey, you know, have you ever heard of a guy named Job, first of all? Because <laughs> that story is uh, it's pretty eye-opening. And then, I, and then I reference them to just to do their own research. Seek out the answers yourself, my friend. Find the answers that you're looking for because I don't have them. This does. You have to seek it out for yourself and read for yourself because this will tell you the answers you're looking for. And that's usually my stance on it because I cannot, I'm not going to sit there and argue with someone um, who's just kind of, uh, you know, not going not gonna to budge no matter what you say to them. And then unless we're sitting down having a one-on-one, quiet, close conversation where there's no distractions. But I, I reference, like, hey, do your own research. Do your, do your own reading and do your own seeking. John 14, 25 through 27 says, the Holy Spirit will teach you. And then I found myself asking myself, like, why are they even asking me this? You know, like, why are, they, why are they asking me like I have all the answers? I, I don't. And I, I felt God say, Matthew 12, 43 through 45 is, is where, you, where your answer is. It says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the place I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Oh, when I read that, it just it floored me. I was like, wow, he really said that. I've never, and this was the first time I had read that at the time. So, wow, like that, that hits it right there. That, that hits it of why we see the same faces trapped in this cycle of sin, trapped in the bondages that the devil has for them. That, that wasn't from God. God. God didn't mean that on that person, those people. It's, it's them housing the, you know, sin and these, and these spirits that come to, to wreck them. I, I've even had people, some folks uh, come right out of it after we've given the bring them back from a drug overdose and they'd say, and they'd say oh, you know, I just can't, I just can't kick it. I just can't, it, it's an addiction. And, I, and I, I agree, don't get me wrong. 
Um, there are some drugs that are highly addictive and there's a chemical explanation for it. But like I was saying, what I learned from Ken, there's a spirit man and there's a fleshly man. And a spiritual transformation is more powerful than a physical transformation. That is why, in my opinion, I don't agree with a lot of the way rehabilitation works in this country and how they address um, the drug problem and, and addiction. But there, there has to be a spiritual transformation, and then the chemical transformation will come. I've had some conversations with Ryan about this and how, when we talked about drug addiction and um, how people deal with it. So what can we do as believers, as a church body? We can equip ourselves. We can, we can, how, we can fill up that house and fill up that with the Holy Spirit, that space that the devil tries to sneak in and, and take. How do we do that? God's word. James 1, 22 through 25, uh, talks about looking into a mirror. See, when I... When I look into this, when I sit down and read, it's like opening up a mirror and I see a reflection of myself, of what God tells me, how God tells me I look. But then I, when I'm done, I close that mirror, close that book, and I go out into the world and I listen to what man says I look like. I listen to the lies that he says I look, look like in a mirror. This I need to believe this more as opposed to what people say out there, what man says out there. Psalm 119, verse 105, speaks about the word being a, a lamp at your feet to guide you through the darkness. Another thing we can do is fellowship. Stick together. Stick together as a body. Stick together as believers. We have life groups. If, if you're not a part of a life group, I... I recommend you join one. Find one nearby or find, find somewhere you connect. We have great discussions in our life groups and, and great times talking about the word and digesting things. Brian started a, a Bible study group recently and we had great discussions, just wonderful insight about what everyone's getting differently out of different verses and different sections of the word. Uh, there's Sunday mornings and you all are here. <laughs> But yes, definitely show up and, and, and connect into the body. Uh, there are men's prayer events. There are women, women's prayer events Hugh just talked about. Uh, just like Proverbs 27, 7, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens the other. Another thing we can do is be a part of the body by inserting ourselves and using our talents and abilities. We are all one body, like a Ephesians 4.16 says, From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Marie talked about this uh, at, at, this week at, at, our, at our life group and said, Hey, nobody wants to be that toe of the body, right? But if you are that toe, be the best toe you can be. I, I would lo love being a toe of the body. I mean, we, we are, if it's a part of the church body, right? Kind of, kind of a silly thing, but I thought it was hilarious. Uh, worship. Bina did a great sermon yes, uh, last week about worship. And what is it? It's an outward expression of what's going on on the inside, right? And I get it. I wasn't always the, mus the most musical person around either. You know, some people are more musical. Some people are more charismatic. That's okay. Even if you're just closing your eyes, 
focusing on Jesus and worshiping with your heart. He hears that. You don't, you don't have to get all charismatic or, or if that's not you, that's okay. But worship, even in your car, even at home. Um, funny, funny thing is, I, I worship a lot when I'm cleaning the house. I'll put on worship music while I'm cleaning and, and just let the music get into your heart. Let the lyrics get into your heart and fill that space. Another thing, communication. Communication is huge. We're in a relationship. What's an important thing in a relationship? Communication. There has to be back and forth messages that are understood, though. Messages that are understood between me and God. I need to understand what he's saying to me. He needs, he'll always understand what I'm saying. And he usually say, no, nah, that's not the way it's going to happen. Right? But communication, it's huge. Um, I was sitting down watching a, a show one time. Uh, it was uh, by these two, the two greatest magicians in the world, Penn and Teller, right? So that what their show is, they, they, uh, they let amateur magicians come onto the show and they try to trick them with, with a new magic trick. And if they, could, if they could trick Penn and Teller, they get an internship or whatnot. So one time this, this guy was on there and um, he, I think he was called a mentalist. So he said, Penn and Teller, I want you to pick five people out of this crowd. And each of those five people are going to say either their name and a number or both. And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to tell you what they said. So they're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Crowd of about 400 people. So he turns around. He says, you, your name is this. You said this number. Your name is this number. And the crowd was, went nuts. They're like, wow, that's cool, you know. And it's a show business, you know. There, there's something to it. It's a show. I get it. But I felt God tell me. This is how I hear you. Of the billions and billions of people, I know your voice and you know mine. And I was like, wow, that's really cool because that's a lot of people. Ryan had a great quote a few weeks back when he was sharing. He said, if we want the peace of God, we must first have peace with God. I was like, oh, that's, that's really good. That's true. Another quote I, I picked up recently, Dan mentioned at a uh, men's breakfast we had recently. He said, think less of myself and more about Jesus. He said, I found out that when I focus more on God, my problems seem so much smaller. And I was like, wow, that's really good, Dan. That's, that's a, great, a great quote to, to keep in mind. See, we are in a war, and whether we want it to be or not, that's just how it is. You might say, well, I'm not, I'm not really a war kind of person, Anthony. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Good. We need love. That's how you win this war. We, we need love to win this war. That's the only way. So if you're a lover, not a fighter, perfect. You're exactly who we're looking for. But the second we allow Jesus into our heart, Satan raged war on us. We didn't start the fight. He started with us. And... You guys got about like 45 more minutes left in you? I'm just kidding. One more story, and I'll close out. Uh, Ann and I went out on a date one time to this uh, seafood place. And uh, it was like a, a crawfish where they bring the bucket, bring it to your table, put out a big tablecloth, and give you bibs and napkins and all kinds of stuff because you make a mess. And we had a great time, great, great conversation, great dinner. And uh, we're on our way home in the car few blocks away, and Ann says, oh, hang on, I forgot my phone. I said, okay, turn around, we'll go back and see if we could find it. 
She said, no, you don't understand. I saw the busboy clean up the table. You just wrapped up everything in a big ball and threw it right in the garbage can. I was like, oh, wow, okay. All right, let's, let's see what we can do. So we go back. We, we talk to the manager, and he sends, sends me out there with one of his busboys. We're in the alley in the garbage can. And this guy's rolling his eyes like, you're really going to make me go through this garbage, you know? And I'm like, I'll help you, you know, no big deal. And we're talking oils and, you know, wrappers and snot rags from people blowing their nose from spicy foods and, you know, who knows what else, stuff from the bathroom probably, right? And we're, we're sitting there digging through this stuff and, uh, you know, we're starting to lose hope. And, uh, you know, Ann says, hey, wait a second, I'll just ping you with my watch. It'll, it'll, it'll ping and it'll bring you right to it. Perfect. So she does that, we find it, like, oh, God, we don't got to do an insurance claim and all that. Perfect condition, not wet, not cracked, not damaged, nothing. Perfect. It's like, wow, how did that? Ah. Felt God nudge me again. He said, this is what I do. I take my hands and I plunge into the filthiest, darkest places and I take things out that are of value. Me. And people need to hear this. So remember it. And I was like, oh, okay. Remember, okay, sure. Remember that story. That story, that date was probably eight years ago, maybe. We haven't been on one since, but no. <laughs> Joking. We do need to get one, though. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to move myself out of the way now. We, uh, we had a great homework assignment at our, at our Connect uh, Life group the other day. We said, Marie, Marie had something great to say. She said, I, you know, I just found that I need to just move myself out of the way and let God do his work sometimes. And we all, we all said together, like, hey, yeah, why don't, why don't we do that as a homework assignment? This week, why don't we just move out of the way and let God work? Because we are, it is not up to us. It is up to him. So I'm going to ask if this, these stories touched you in any way, if you felt maybe like God cannot hear you, like there's just too many people and he cannot hear your voice, or maybe you feel like you've been thrown away or forgotten, or invalued, or maybe just the, the, general, the general message of, and I know this is me, of filling that house, of filling that empty space, whatever space is in there, in that heart, more of God's spirit, more of the Holy Spirit, more of God's word in my life, even in dark times, even in good times. I'd, I'd like to ask, is that okay, Asaf, still? Maybe he can just play, play a few keys and uh, I'll pray for us and close it out. If you feel like standing, please do so. And I'm, I'm just gonna pray it out and I'm, I'm gonna remove, move out of the way and just let God do what he has to do. Let's just listen to the keys and, and just allow him to do his work with us. Allow him to uh, not fix I don't think that's the word I would, I would say. I would say just reinforce those tokens, those promises that he's given us because we, 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 we can always use it. We can always use it. Lord, you are such a good father. We just pray 
one body. Here and now, we just pray to you. We get more of you, Lord. We pray for more of you. We pray that we lean into you more and rely on you more and not allow those empty, empty voids in our heart and our spirit be filled with anything from the past. We look forward, only forward, on you, our eyes completely, our hearts completely, our minds completely on you, Lord, from here on. Just fill that space. I just pray into everything that was shared today from you, that everything is just reinforced into this body, into, into this, our, us as sons and daughters of you, Lord. I pray that we don't look back, we don't look side, we don't look to either side of us, we just focus on you and fill our hearts and our souls with your goodness, with your praise. We give you the praise. We give you the life that you've given us back with our praise. We love you and we praise you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.